Well, you know the music. You know what's about to happen. It's the Heart and Hustle podcast. Welcome in. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. We've got a lot to get into. An interview with Jeff Weltman that Scott Inez did on ESPN 5 at Orlando. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, uh, we talked Nick Vucevic, Mo Bamba, Markel Fultz, uh, and kind of the state of the team with uh, four games left in the regular season. And we'll recap uh, that loss to Toronto, a couple other trends with the team here. If you're listening for the first time, you have 12 episodes to go listen to before you get to this one. Uh, he is Scott Inez. You can catch him on ESPN 580 Orlando weekdays, 4 to 6, and follow him on Twitter at Inez Says. Uh, I'm Nick Grunowitz. I work for Scott, uh, but uh, you can catch me on Twitter at ESPN 580 Nick. I am the voice of the Lakeland Magic as we are taping this. Uh, we are on our way to a big fired playoff. up, baby. I'm so fired up. You got for this. your G League 2019 playoff garb on. You're ready I've, to go. I have I have fully bought in. Um, I'm 100 percent in. Uh, they play at Long Island tonight. They transfer to Emil Jefferson to Long Island, so Emil oh, will be there. Good. Uh, they are going double bear. All the can, all the powder is in the cannon, good. and we're ready to go. Uh, and Long Island had one of their better players sign a 10 day contract yesterday, nice. so they're going to be one guy down. Uh, so uh, the next time we talk, we could be breaking down a championship series for the Lakeland Magic, and I will do that for a full hour. That's but, awesome. Now, championship series would be best two of three, Best correct? two of okay. three. Lakeland would get a home game on the ninth. Good. Yeah, that would that would be it. But let's uh let's let's I open everything with the Lakeland Magic here. Um but let's get to the Orlando Magic uh and where they are right now. We'll get into the playoff situation and all that. Uh Scotty, I I have to say I was feeling good early yeah. last night watching that game against the Raptors. The Magic are in the driver's seat for the first quarter. They're in the driver's seat for early on in the second quarter. In fact, after one, it was 36-29 Orlando. They were up 22-12 early. Mm-hmm. They left 50-43, to and then all of a sudden the wheels came off. Uh, Toronto outscored Orlando 33-16 in the first, 33-23 in the third. Uh, and then that was kind of all she wrote aside from a Jarrell Martin, Emil Jefferson-led <laughs> drive late right, right. where you kind of were starting to think maybe, maybe things would get wonky, but... Uh, that is a game that I think Magic fans are going to look back at if they miss the playoffs and say that was a real missed opportunity because you were in the driver's seat. Detroit lost, Brooklyn lost, yeah. and Miami lost. Yeah, they did. I, I thought the game was there for the taking for the Magic early. I think, quite frankly, the matchup is is, is very conducive for the Orlando Magic if this happens to be a first-round series. I think Toronto knows that. Nick Nurse mentioned that after the game. I think Nick Nurse was sending a message to the Orlando Magic just in case this is a first-round playoff series. And we talked about that last week, whether or not that would be something that would happen. Oh, there was that- a message sent yeah. last night. There, there's no question about it. Nick Nurse knew that his team had been dominated by the Orlando Magic in two of the three games. And in the third game, Danny Green hits uh, a 15-footer on the baseline at the buzzer to beat the Magic by two. But you look at um, at Tuesday's game, or, or Monday's game, rather, I mean, we, we give them issues. I mean... You know, and if, if look, and you're you know up by what it eleven. Is? What it's it's Jonathan Isaac. It's on, length on Siakam. Absolutely, yeah. it is. Siakam, no question. Who's been so good? Was he averaging about 17, 18 a game yeah. this season or something? And Jonathan Isaac just gives him fits he, inside. Yes. And even uh, defensively on Kyle Lowry, there's a little bit of length there with Michael Carter Williams and a couple other guys. You're right. And, and yep. Aaron Gordon on Kawhi Leonard yes, bothers the, him. Our length gives a lot of people problems. Uh, but Toronto is right at the top of that list. But look, you're up by 11 early. You're up seven in the second quarter. But it was really that 19-2 to run by the Raptors that did us in. 
Um, really the final half of the second quarter, that was the difference in the basketball game, plus the fact that Danny Green has been unconscious against us for most of this season. And Monday night, um, he was – he had a season oh. high, 29. Yeah, what did he make, seven, seven threes? Seven threes? Are yeah. you kidding me, Danny Green? And, yeah, man, I, I there, was a, there was a moment in that game where he shot and made, it was his seven three he made, where he was basically wide open yeah. again. And I turned to our buddy Chris Crawford, who is normally our third guy on this podcast, uh, but couldn't be here today. And I looked at Chris and I said, how is he bleeping open? Mm-hmm. How, how is he still open? And this was something we touched on last week. Going into this four-game road trip, the Magic were number one in the NBA since mm-hmm. February 1st in defense, yeah. opposing field goal percentage, and opposing three-point percentage. And I got to look up the numbers for Orlando when they played against Indiana, but Detroit, 50% shooting. 50% yeah, shooting for Indiana from the floor. I'm not quite sure what they were from three, but I think what we're seeing right now, to your point, Nick, is a classic case of late-season defensive slippage by the Orlando Magic. And it typically, shrinkage. typically a little bit of shrinkage, shrinkage. a little bit of slippage. Uh, we typically see this late in the season, especially at the end of a road trip. I'm, you Look, I'm hearing from a lot of Magic fans say, oh, you know, we should have gotten that game against Toronto. Look, it's the end of a four-game road trip near the end of the season. I'll take two and two on that trip, quite frankly. Okay, if your glasses have full, I'll take two and two on that trip. But what you're seeing right now, especially over the last three games, and we we, we have not seen that aggressive style of defense over the last three, maybe with the exception of late in the third quarter and then the fourth quarter against the Indiana Pacers, but the Raptors shot 50% from the field and 51 from three on Monday night. The Pacers had their way with the Magic defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pacers shot 53% in their game, and Detroit absolutely manhandled the Magic's defense to the tune of 54% shooting. So I think it's just a classic and case. And both Detroit and Toronto shot over 50% from three. From three, right. Yeah. So it, it, they're You're not there beating is, anybody when they're doing that. No, no, because that's their talent. Like that's their mo. That's their id is the defense. And if they're not playing that strong, aggressive defense pretty much the entire game, they don't have a Kevin Durant to bail You're them right. out. They don't have a Kawhi Leonard to bail them out. You're right. I want to play this cut from Steve Clifford post game yesterday because he makes a point in there that I think is 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 poignant about this team in its final four games and hopefully into the playoffs. This was Steve Clifford after the loss to Toronto on Monday night. I just think, to be honest with you, you know, we're not defending. Even, you know, even the first quarter uh, was our offense was good, similar to the other night, and um, we got to know who we are. You know, you play a good defensive team two nights in a row. We're not good. We, we ain't scoring 115 every night. Yeah. You know, we don't have that kind of rustle. We have to defend whether we're scoring or not. That was the message after the game the other night. Our defense wasn't good enough. Our defense wasn't good in Detroit. Uh, we played about 15 minutes of defense in Indiana. The offense was good enough. It's not going to work for this team. Yeah. So that was Steve yeah. Clifford. And understanding the identity you just said it, basically, and it's that this team needs to understand that they're they're not going to win any boat races. They no. are the, they are the tortoise, not the hare. They need to slow these games down. They need to defend for the entire ball game, or they're going to lose because they're not going to go on many twenty three to five spurts yeah. with their offensive firepower. They got to get stops on the defensive side. Yeah, and when you take a look at the Indiana game on Saturday night, heck, it was the Michael Carter Williams. It was the Kem Birches of the world who came off the bench and turned the tide of that game late in the third and early in the fourth with what? 
defense. The bottom line is they're not defending like they have since what well, was it, January 31st when yeah. we really, you know, drew that line in the sand in terms of this season. They have to get back to that in the final four games, defending at a high level. This Magic team is not going to outscore many teams. Their talent, their identity since January 31 has been on the defensive end. So coming up against New York, Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte to end the year, this team must get back to its identity or guess what? They are not going to be making the playoffs, even though I did predict that they would make the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. But who knew? Who knew all yeah. these teams in front of us would be winning like and they have? I, I said this uh, to Jerry Daniels on Live Local and Loud today, and uh, I, I got I got to say, today was the first day I woke up and I said, man, I don't know if we're going to do it. It's, it's going to take 41 now, it's right? Gonna, yeah, for, I mean, for that, whatever reason, the bottom half of the Eastern Conference, which we have ridiculed and made fun of and laughed at all season long for being so bad, yeah. They have been good for the last month, and I mean good by their standards, but they have been good, and part of it is the top half of the East and the playoff contenders are shutting guys down, and they're they're looking ahead to the playoffs. But uh, these teams, I mean, Brooklyn, Orlando, mm-hmm. Miami, Detroit, they're playing some decent basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, and the, the door was wide open for the Orlando Magic last night, but all those teams in front of us fell. So the Magic still, as of our taping right now, a half game back of the final playoff spot in the East. Look, I still think the Magic are going to make the playoffs. But like you said, I mean, time is running out here. And unfortunately, technically, you do not control your own destiny. Ideally, you'd like to win all four of these final four. Realistically, I still believe that if this team gets to 41, which would mean three of the next four, you take three of the next four, you beat New York, you beat Atlanta. Right. Boston's going to be iffy at Boston, and and Charlotte has fallen off a cliff since going out west here late in the season. Right now, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're two and a half games back of the Magic for the ninth spot in the East. So it looks as if the Hornets are almost uh, dead and buried here. Uh, they're two and a half back of Orlando. Okay. Yes, which means out of the playoffs, they're a full three games back with like four to play yeah. or something. So again, you, you don't know what you're going to get from Kemba in that final game. It could be his final game in Charlotte. We don't know. But the bottom line is, I think you got to get three or four. You got to take care of business. Win the games you should win at home. Close out your home schedule against New York and Atlanta. At it, Boston is iffy because the Celtics are battling with Indiana for home court 4-5 in the first round in the Eastern Conference. But again, I mean, Boston... The other night, they they rested a number of guys, including Kyrie Irving, and a loss to Brooklyn. So it looks as if this load management thing is right. kind of catching on around the league, especially against the better te- or, or with you the better it, team. Don't you? You oh, love it? Oh, I can't it. stand it. I hate the whole load management thing. We talked about it yesterday on ESPN five eighty. But but you got to take care of business, and I think you win three or four. Right. You win three or four. You finish right. at forty one and forty one. I think that gets you in, which would be a sixteen game improvement over last season. Uh, and we've talked about this. Steve Clifford probably not going to win Coach of the Year, but he should be in consideration. Here are the schedules left, and then we'll mm. get to the Jeff Weltman interview that you did. Uh, Jeff Weltman has a lot of things to say, including you asked him about Nick Vucevic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vuce decision, the off season for this team, make the playoffs or not, is very interesting. But here's the remaining schedules, uh, and what's working for Orlando. I looked at 538, the playoff predictor. Mm-hmm. What would you have expected after that loss last night would have happened to Orlando's playoff statistics in terms of the, I, I w- the percentage to, to go up or down? I would expect, being a half game out of the final playoff spot, that it probably would have gone down. It went up 19%. Really? Yes. The magic right now of 
the four teams that are fighting for three spots mm-hmm. um, of the Magic, Brooklyn, Miami, and Charlotte, the Magic have the highest percentage of all these teams to make really? the postseason. 86%, and that would be the probability, if you don't know, to make the playoffs. 86% for Orlando. This is the highest it has been all, all season long, or at least since since you know the, this team kind of worked its way into the bottom four after that hot start to the year. 86%. Brooklyn is 77%. The Heat are 33%. And the Hornets, that blip you hear, is them on life support <laughs> yeah. basically at 4%. Yeah, that's interesting to me because, correct me if I'm wrong here, don't the Brooklyn Nets own the season series over the Orlando Magic? I believe they do, yes. And I do believe that Detroit owns the season Detroit series over does. the Magic, The too. only team in this conversation that you own the season series over is, is Miami. Miami. Because if you end up in a tie with Charlotte, Charlotte owns the seasons. Well, I mean, that final game, I guess, would determine that. Yeah. But Charlotte most likely would own it, too. So That's interesting. It is interesting. Now, what's working for Orlando is... That Brooklyn and Miami play each other one more time. Right. That you those two teams play each other one more time. Uh, the the teams left that Brooklyn plays they get Milwaukee, Toronto, Indy, and Miami. That is a four a, a four game stretch that is uh, very tough. Yeah. Very very tough. Toughest four game schedule stretch. in the league. It is the toughest schedule in the league. I'm looking now, at now again. Right you now. don't know what you're going to get from no, Milwaukee, Toronto, and Indiana Correct. down the stretch, right? Because of, of this whole load management thing going into the playoffs. Well, I think Indy's going to have to play for it the rest of the way. As we take think. this, they and Boston are tied for the four seed. For home court advantage in the first round, those yep. two teams will likely play each other. Miami has five games left. And that's the other thing that works into this, too, is mm-hmm. that Miami is a half game in front of Orlando. Um, are That extra game they play, whether they win or lose, is kind of a deal. But they get Toronto, Philly, Boston, Brooklyn, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, mm. which they should just disband that franchise. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so uh, the other team as well. I mean, we can talk about – I think we both agree, right? Detroit's in. Like, Detroit's in, right? I mean, is Detroit even in, in the conversation, Look, I guess? I mean, I, I, it's a game and a half. I, it's, it's only They're only a game and a half up on the Magic. I, I mean, I, no, I mean, if you're asking my a, opinion, I do up. believe that they're in. But mathematically, I mean, look, yeah, there's a point. reason why they're in the latter half of the bracket in terms of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Heck, they could lose all four of these games. Uh, Detroit, the rest of the way, gets, the, gets Indy. I just added here. Okay, Indy, Oklahoma City, Knicks, Grizzlies, and uh, Hornets. Wow. Okay. So both Miami and Detroit have five games left to play. The Magic and Brooklyn have right. four. Um, and I'll I'll read you the the one for uh, for uh, Charlotte here. They have five games left too. They get Toronto and Detroit, mm. and they get the Cavs, the Pelicans, and Pelicans and uh, the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Yeah. I I think right now Charlotte is definitely on life support. What did you tell me? The Geeks had them at four percent. Uh, I'd put them below that at this particular point. And you knew looking at that very difficult Western road trip late in the season, and I know that they had won three straight going into that trip, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now they're a loser of three straight, and it looks as if Charlotte has just given up on the entire year. So <sighs> Man, that, w- that would be a good thing for the Orlando Magic. But the bottom line is, you got to keep winning, dog. Yep. You got to keep winning. There's and really nothing new to say about it. You and I are I mean, gra- it. grappling I, with this because we're we're content guys, basically. That's right. what we create content, and it's like, all right, well, what more can I say about this other than yeah. the next two games, especially? 
you get a bad Knicks team and a yep. ba- an Atlanta team that I mean Trey Young gets, Trey Young's gets playing a, very well. He gets a buzzer beater in a game where Milwaukee sat everybody. And, and I mean, by the way, everybody. he is he's making the rookie of the year very very interesting. Yeah. He, here's one thing: we're worried about the defense right now. There's been a lot of defensive slippage. I'm also a little concerned with Nick Vucevic. Okay, that's right. You wanted to get to Vucevic. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Because look. I, Obviously, this guy has been unbelievable this year, all-star year. I think he got his 57th double-double against Toronto on Monday night. He's actually going to double the amount of double-doubles from last year. Think about that. Double-double-doubles. Exactly. He had 29 double-doubles last year. He's he's probably going to have 58, 59, 60 this year. Mm-hmm. He, he's had a remarkable year. But right now, he, from what I understand, he's got a bit of a shoulder issue. You won't hear that from Nick Vucevic. Right. But he does have a shoulder injury over the last four or five games. He's struggled with that. The last three, he's really struggled. Yeah, yeah, but he's had, over the last three, he's had two double-doubles, right? I mean, it's all relative. I get what you're saying, but you're right. You're right. He has struggled, uh, keeping in mind what he's done pretty much all year long. And keep in mind, he's never done this in his career. He's, he's ben, never played ben the guy been yeah. the guy in meaningful games late point. down the stretch. I mean, usually by this time, this entire team and Nick Vucevic They're have really it packed it in. Yeah, by the way, over his last three, Nick Vucevic still on this road trip. Um, uh, should I include Miami here? No, I'm not going to. So the final three games of this road trip, he's averaging 14 points, mm. nine rebounds, He's shooting 38% from the floor yeah, that's and 25% telltale. from three. It's yeah. really the shooting numbers. That's his skill this yeah. season, I mean, what are his numbers from the floor? Let me check it really quick. He's shooting 50%, 51% from the floor and 36% from three. So yeah. right there, the telltale sign of a show, of yep. an injury or something. Yep. He's not 100%. And here's the other problem. I've, I've said he's the MVP of this team. Terrence Ross has been bad. He was bad. Yeah, the other last night, night in Indiana, he he was decent, but he was chucking last night, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was he was chucking from well, thirty feet just, last night. The, he he kind of shot them into that deficit, and then it was like, well, you might as well keep going because yeah. unless they if they don't start going down, we're going to lose anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, he he was the guy who brought us back in the Memphis game, right? Yes. And then in the three games that followed the Memphis game, he was shooting like 26 percent from the field and twenty three from three. Um, and then he had that good game in Indiana, another subpar performance against his former team in Toronto. We, we desperately, there there are two guys right there, Nick, you know, if if we're talking about 41 wins gets you into the playoffs, there are two guys right there and Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, who you have to have down the stretch and both guys, relatively speaking. Both guys are struggling right now, and going back Terrence to Vucevic, Ross is shooting twenty-seven yeah. percent from the field and twenty-seven percent from three over his last what is this five games? Five games. Yeah. He's averaging nine points a game. I mean, if he's if he's going to disappear at the yeah. most important time this season, and I I I have no one has praised him more than me this year. Mm. Uh, this team's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and look, Nikola Vucevic, back to him. I don't know. Maybe you can check me on this. Yeah. I don't believe he's had a block shot over the last three or four games. Uh, I can check that for you. Actually, if you could, that would be great. Yeah. But I, I just sense that he is scuffling a little bit here in the last three. Uh, he had one against Miami. Okay. Um. So he has one block shot in his last five. Last five. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He, he's scuffling. You know, and and I'm sure the shoulder injury has something to do with it. Here we are late in the season. There has been a lot of slippage defensively with this team. I know he's been getting treatment for the shoulder. I know he's gutting it out. I give him a lot of credit. But if the Magic are going to make the playoffs. You have to have all-star Vooch and the human torch show up 
over the final four games. And that has been the problem. So with four games to go, it looks like you need to win three. And I was making this point. The New York Knicks and Atlanta Atlanta Hawks game. Those are must-wins. Yeah. Those are must-wins because think those about, are the worst teams left on your slate. Think about post-All-Star break. Yeah. Right? What do the Magic you do? They come out New in New York. And, and, you they, lost to Chicago. Right. You lost to Cleveland. Cleveland. Right. One, one of those three games would be nice right now, if not two. Uh, but that's what we kind of lamented when they happened, that yeah. you were going to look back and say, we yeah, could have had some of these. You, you hope that by April 10th, April 11th, we're not looking back upon some of those losses and going, man, if we had just won that one game, Mm -hmm. we would be in the playoffs. And by the way, like the Knicks are not a slouch. The Knicks are playing better basketball right now. I know that they've, I think they've they've lost, what, seven? They they had a six-game losing streak before they won the other day. But guys like Mitchell Robinson, they're they're still playing for stuff. Luke Cornett still playing for stuff. Those guys. Well, look, they've already sewn up a bottom three, right? They've already sewn up their 14%. Uh, chance at the number one pick. So they're going to come in here, guns a blaze, and the Magic need to be ready for that. Okay, so uh, we have the interview with uh, Jeff Wellman. We've, we always do this. We've gone much longer than we wanted to. Yeah. We wanted this to be about 15 minutes. I think we're pushing you know, 23 minutes here at this point. Um, good good conversation with Jeff Weltman coming up here. Uh, you talked to him about Nick Vucevic. This, by the way, Friday night against Atlanta could be Vuce's last home game in an Orlando Magic oh, uniform, not. and nobody's talking about no. it. Uh, you talked about Mo Bamba, who maybe we will see if this team makes a postseason run. I'm not quite sure. And Markel Fultz. Uh, good conversation with Jeff Weltman. Uh, he's always great with his time, too. Yeah, he is. He's always very, very accessible. Really good guy. He's done the job so far. This is He's completing his second year now, yeah. and the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the win column. He's going to get at least 40 victories in his second season. If he gets to 40, would be a 15-win turnaround from last year. He's doing the job. He has totally changed the culture of this basketball team. He hires a guy last summer in Steve Clifford who has totally changed the culture of this basketball team. Jeff Weltman is getting the job done. Absolutely. So that conversation, and we mentioned, by the way, you talk about doing his job, the draft. Jonathan Isaac, Wes Iwandu, both playing major minutes for a team that may make the playoffs. They've been valuable guys. And development, right? The D word, something that really hasn't been, um, you know, too familiar with Magic For the first time in six years, the Magic have developed some players. Exactly. You're exactly right. No doubt. So that conversation with Jeff Weltman is coming up. The Magic president of basketball operations that he did on ESPN 580 Orlando on Monday, coming up right after this break on the Heart and Hustle pod. You've got to be extremely happy. Obviously, you're on the cusp of of making the playoffs right now with five games to play. 38 wins, which is a 13-win turnaround to date from last year. You've got to be overall very happy with what you've seen from your basketball team this year, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't really look at it as, uh, you know, whether we're, we're happy or not. I mean, obviously we're we're in the thick of a, of a fight for the playoffs, and that's, you know, obviously all that's uh, occupying, occupying our mind and our time these days. But, um, you know, I think, I think that um, the coaching staff and, and, you know, elsewhere throughout the organization have done a, a really good job of, of keeping us together, um, uh, keeping our, our focus uh, where it needs to be. And, you know, our young guys have, um, um, are getting an understanding of what this is about. So, you know, from those, from those perspectives, it's all good, you know, and, and obviously um, right now it's just about, 
you know, grinding out these last five games and, and seeing what we can do. Now we need some of those other teams we're competing with to start losing basketball games because everybody seems to be mm-hmm. winning right now. It certainly looks like you made the right move with Coach Clifford. You mentioned the coaching staff earlier because I know, Jeff, last summer I fielded a lot of calls on this show after you hired Steve Clifford, and a lot of folks were not happy with the decision, and I can't tell you how many times I heard the term retread um, during those phone calls, but what a job that Coach Cliff has done with this team. Did you foresee, you know, 40-plus wins going into this season with Coach Cliff? He, he's done a fantastic job, Jeff. Yeah, Scott. You know, like I said, we, we honestly don't, don't uh, you know, forecast wins or, or kind of make those sorts of projections. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we did feel that, that um, uh, you know, Coach was, was, was the right guy to – um, get our team where we needed to go. Um, not not just for the short haul, but for the long haul. Um, he's a he's a great communicator. Um, he he has a very uh, um, very appealing way of kind of dispensing information that um, that is tough to hear, mm-hmm. but he does it in a way that's not personal, and he and the players all know that it's for um, the good of the team and it's for their own good, and it's going to help us get better. And it's it's never personal and. Uh, I think coach has a unique gift um, regarding that. Um, you know, as to the retread stuff, I, I, you know, coach had only been in one place, you know, so I still think that there's improvement. You know, you only get, you know, um, to work with one organization. And this, this, this league is hard and it takes a while to understand, you know, get your head about you and understand the personnel and this, the, 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 the game and, and everything else going on around you organizationally. And um, so we felt that, that um, you know, he's a solid coach. Um, as I said on, on the day we hired him, he's a guy whose teams don't beat themselves. Yeah. You know, if, if you could say one thing about the personality of his teams, you know. And um, I think that he's, um, you know, brought that with him here. And, and uh, I think he's, you know, done a very good job for the team. And, you know, I look for that to continue. Yeah, it's been a 13-win turnaround so far for this basketball team from last year to this year, Jeff. That's tops in the association, tied with number one in the East Milwaukee for that uh, 13-game turnaround. What do you think? I mean, I I said on the air that Coach Cliff, at the very least, deserves some consideration for Coach of the Year in the end, but he probably won't get it. It will probably go to uh, Coach Bud up there in Milwaukee or maybe a Doc Rivers or you know even the guy in Toronto, Nick Nurse, Nate McMillan, but he, he certainly deserves consideration, doesn't he? I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, I mean, we've had a we've had a big turnaround, and, and uh, you know, our team is you know pulling in the in the right direction, and and uh, you know, he's had a lot to do with that. So, I mean, I would I would expect so, and I would hope so. Yeah, no question about it. Jeff Weltman here on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. Is this season a failure, Jeff? If you don't make the playoffs, I mean, I, I guess I'll answer that question first. To me, no, absolutely not. I mean, you're at 13 win turnaround. You're playing games that matter late in the season. You're actually playing playoff games right now, kind of, you know, de facto playoff games. So I guess I'll answer my own question. No, now I give you the floor. What do you think? <laughs> I'll stick with your answer. <laughs> um, you know, Scott, I, I really do. I've said this before, but I honestly believe this. You know, when when you have a young team and you're trying to turn the corner and uh, establish a belief that you can win the, these games, these days, the last few weeks and the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, 
you can't put a price tag on what they're worth to an organization. And whether or not we make the playoffs, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, when you get into a playoffs game, a playoff series, it's just a basketball game, you know, and once the, the nerves settle down and the, the, the kind of, uh, uh, all the, all the pageantry goes away, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, you know, the players just play. Now the weight of each decision, the weight of each mistake, you know, is heavier because you don't get you don't you don't get to go in the locker room and say don't worry about it guys there's always another game mm-hmm. you know now yeah. you're down one zip or you know whatever it is so so the weight is a little heavier but at the end of the day it's just a game this is the time of the year that when people talk about you know a young team playing in the playoffs playing for the playoffs this is the type of the, of the this is the time of the year that can change an organization hopefully mm-hmm. if it's done right and I think that. Um, the guys now wake up every day. They know that practice means something. They know that shoot around means something. They know that what they say to themselves in the locker rooms, in the locker room means something. And so you ha- you start to feel this commonality and you start to feel this sense of um, responsibility to each other where, you know, this is what we always talk about, right? Players who play for each other. Well, this is like, this is like real world stuff, players playing for each other, players practicing for each other, you know, Hey, don't do that. We can't win like that. You know, this is when that stuff starts to happen and, and guys feel the immediacy of it and whether or not we make the playoffs, that, that feeling that we're together in this, that we have to police each other. We have to coach each other. We have to bring the best out in each other. That's what this time of the year is all about. And so for those guys to get that experience, whether or not we make the playoffs, they'll take that with them this summer, you know, and hopefully they, they, they take it with them, they bring it back, and that's how we grow. That's how we turn this corner from being a team that struggles to a team that believes it can win to being a team that does win. Mm. And um, so, so that's what this time of the year is about. Now, that all being said, you know, we're in it. We're, we've got our foot on the gas pedal, and there's nothing right now that we're more focused on than making the playoffs. What about Nikola Vucevic? You, you talk about, you know, players playing for each other. This guy uh, has been just phenomenal all year long. Did you see this coming? I, I got to tell you, I didn't see this coming, Jeff. I, I, didn't, I didn't see this guy being an all-star this year. I didn't see Nick being as solid as he's been. Um, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And, and we're talking about a down game now for Vooch being 12 points and 12 rebounds, yet another double-double. I mean, this guy's just been mm-hmm. phenomenal. Did you see this coming, Jeff? Well, I don't, I don't know if I saw him being an all-star coming this year. No, but I, I, I feel that, um, you know, that we collectively felt that, you know, Vooch had improvement in him still, um, and part of that came from his uh, expanding his game to the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he started that last year, and he's really picked that up dramatically this year. Um, I think, you know, he and coach have uh, really helped each other. And, 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 um, and I think, you know, coach is, has been great for Vooch and Vooch is, you've just got to give him all the credit in the world for putting in the work and um, just being the person that he is, you know, having the integrity to, uh, you know, want to win here and, and be a team player and, um, you know, all those things that have helped, uh, you know, kind of carry us t- into this race. So, yeah. uh you know, you just, you just give all the credit on the world. And Vooch is a worker, you know, so that's, you know, good person, good worker. Generally, good things are going to happen. Yeah, and and that's that's the guy, right? I mean, that's the guy you said from day one, that, that first news conference, talking about character and guys who work hard and guys who add to the culture. And by the way, culture is my word, not yours. 
because I know you're you're not a big <laughs> fan of the word, but I mean that's that's, all right. <laughs> that, that's that's like that that that's the prototype, right? I mean that's the guy. Well, yeah, I think I think the fact that that um, that we're saying that about Vooch is, is because he's an all star now, and he's 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 turned that into um, into you know his own success, and it's, it's spreading to the team. Um, I think we got a lot of guys like that. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of guys here that are about the team, about winning. Um, some of them are young guys that have to be shown, you know, how that's done. And some of them are vet guys who have really, I think, um, you know, been exceptional with their um, ability to meld their talents into the team, sacrifice, you know, show grittiness and toughness and professionalism every day. I mean, I don't want to name names because I'll forget people, but you know, you, you, you can, you can, you know, the guys that I'm talking about and yeah. you can run down our roster. And I think we have a lot of them. Um, so, um, you know, Vooch is at the head of the line right now because, you know, he, 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 you know, became an all-star this year and he's, you know, really done so much to, um, help, help us kind of, uh, uh, get into the thick of this race. But I think that right now there's a good camaraderie on the team. There's a good understanding of each, each other's lanes and what, what it takes for us to win. And that's uh, credit to the coach and to the character of our guys. Jeff, I know you have to tap dance around questions like my next one, but I would be remiss in not asking <laughs> about Vooch and, and next year because, you know, I mean, there have been articles lately. He's going to have his suitors like the Kings and maybe even the Knicks. And What's the relationship with Vooch and his agent? And, and do, do you want him back? Or, and if you do, are you confident that you, you can get him back? Tap dance now can begin. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Scott, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, look, you know, Vooch is an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, he's a good player and he's a good person. And, of course, we like to have him back here. Um, and I think Vooch, you know, likes it here in Orlando. I, 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 I know that he likes the team and the coach and the fans. Um, and so, you know, we have a great relationship with his agent. And, you know, all you can do is, is you know, get together and see if you can – um, you know, meet somewhere and, and get a deal done. And, and um, you know, we'll both be working towards that happening. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, time before, um, you know, these conversations can take place. And, uh, you know, Vooch will be in, in great demand. So, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes. But, yeah. you know, right now, honestly, uh, uh, that, that's, that's, that's summer work. Right now we're still in season. Thankfully, these games matter. And um, I'm sure – you know, Vooch, any of his camp, uh, any of our camp would say that that's the last thing on our mind right now. It's all about trying to make the playoffs. What about Mo Bamba? Haven't seen him in a while, Jeff, um, because of the stress fracture. How's he doing? And may, may we may we see him before the end of this year? How, how's Mo doing right now? Yeah, Mo's doing great. Mo's actually been, uh, I think it's interesting. We'll look back on this injury and we'll, 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 we'll find a silver lining in it. I think that Mo's been able to, direct his attention to um, uh, a lot of areas where he otherwise wouldn't have the time during the season. So, you know, he's, he's been, he's been great. He's been meeting with coach Clifford. He charts stuff during the games and meets with coach Clifford after game day to talk about that. He's um, he's uh, really um, getting after him in the, in the meal room and in the weight room and, um, and just seeing what this playoff race is about, just some internalizing some of the stuff we talked about earlier in this conversation, um, I think he's actually making progress, even though um, it's obviously not um, game progress. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are different ways to get better. And 
trust me, you know, Mo, Mo needs to get better in a lot of different ways. And I think, I think that this has provided an opportunity for him to um, kind of check a lot of boxes that he wouldn't otherwise get to do during the season. Um, you know, he, he's, he's getting healthy. And um, I think that uh, we, we, for a hundred percent, he'll be fine shortly. The issue then becomes the deconditioning and the fact that he hasn't played in a while. Yeah. And, you know, as we always say, you know, we're not going to rush guys back. And um, uh, so, so, you know, th- that's where the injury is. But, but um, as to um, his, his focus and his attention, I think this is a really good time for him to soak up a lot of this stuff. And, you know, we, we look at uh, Jonathan Isaac last season who, you know, went through a similar kind of trajectory where he, um, showed some glimpses and then got hurt and then had to make, you know, the summer his his kind of, um, you know, he had to own the summer and and Jonathan did that and I think Mo even even seeing Jonathan do that last year that began the the, the kind of witness process you know and so um, I think that Mo is a very bright guy he 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 internalizes everything that he sees and hears and um, you know we look for. Very, very big things from him. Uh, Markel Fultz, it's great to see him with the basketball team right now during this stretch drive here. Tell us, how is his rehab going? And, you know, when can we expect to see Markel on, on a basketball court nearest us? What do you think, boss? Similar similar to the Mo conversation, you know, Markel's played very little, very little basketball, you know, this year and even last year. Um, the last thing we want to do is get a guy healthy and then, and then re-injure him by putting him on the floor when he's not conditioned to play, um, you know, at a high level in the NBA. So Markel is uh, very much on track. Uh, his rehab is going great. Um, he's doing um, physical therapy. He's doing court work. And, um, you know, we're, we're very, very excited. And, and he feels really good about our group. Um, I think he, it's, it's kind of a get-to-know-you period for him right now. Um, but I know that he uh, just spoke, spoke with him the other day, and he's very, um, very impressed with the coaching staff, very, very impressed with, with the group of players that we have, and understands that he's got to prove himself and integrate himself and impact winning for our team. And he's just, I can't tell you how he's chomping at the bit to, to just, you know, <laughs> take the reins off and go. And um, that will happen. I think he, he'll have a, a, a very productive summer, and I don't want to put a timetable on it, as always, Scott, but, you know, we're very excited about Markel, and I think he's uh, trending the right way. Jeff Weltman, mm-hmm. thank you as always, my man. Really do appreciate it. Let's go make the playoffs this season, shall we? <laughs> Sounds good to me, Scott. That was Orlando Magic, president of basketball operations, on with Scott Inez uh, Monday on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. Uh, of course, the Magic went out. They lost to the Toronto Raptors on Monday night, but have four games left uh, on the slate. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Of course, you know how to get to us. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Inez Says. Also, listen to him on ESPN. Afternoons with Scott Inez, weekdays from 4 to 6 on ESPN 580 Orlando and 96.5 FM HD2. Uh, Me, you can catch there as well on ESPN 580, 4 to 8 weeknights. Uh, Also, make sure you tune in Lakeland Magic on Tuesday night. Hopefully, we're headed to the championship by the time you're listening to that. And follow me on Twitter at ESPN 580. Nick, you can subscribe, listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Those are the same thing. Um, anywhere you can get podcasts where you can find us. And, of course, go say hello to our friends at uh, the Orlando Pinstripe Post. They're putting out some great content this time of year as 
well. But of course, we will be back later this week. Two big games coming up for the match against the Knicks Wednesday and the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. Until then, go Magic! Oh,